6 to 7 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Thank you, Greg, and uh, very good evening, everybody. Thanks for joining us on SAFM Spot On tonight. And it is Flashback Fridays, and as usual, we will catch up with our sporting stars of years gone by. And in the spirit of the Rugby World Cup, tonight we will be in conversation with the legendary rugby player Nas Porter, who had a checkered career in the 80s and um, early 90s, starring for Northern Transvaal, who dominated the scene back in the day. Uh, For those who were around during that time, I'm sure you will know Nas for his kicking and evading tackles, like some would say, uh, but he had a wonderful boot and rugby brain. So Nasty Booter will be our guest tonight on SAFM Sport On. And if you have any memories or stories to share about Nas Porter, f- please feel free to join our conversation at any time. The lines are open 0891-104-207. We take voice notes on WhatsApp on 061-4104-107. And our SMS line is 41391. We'll also, of course, get his thoughts on today's game between the Springboks and Italy and what is made of the box so far. Also on the show later on, we'll pay tribute to late former Orlando Pirates player City Hade, but we couldn't get to it yesterday. But we've managed to get hold of Stopa Mukhatle, who's agreed uh, to speak to us tonight. So that's what's coming up on Flashback Fridays here on SAFM Spot On. Sport On, Flashback Fridays, 6 to 7 p.m., only on SAFM. Well, as usual, we celebrate our sporting icons from years gone by and tonight to, to, we'll reflect on the career of a living legend when it comes to South African rugby in Nas Porter. He was arguably South African rugby's biggest star before the dawn of our democracy, voted SA Rugby Player of the Year in 1979, 1981, 1985 and 1987. SAFM. Good evening and thank you for the invitation. It's actually quite an honor. Thank you. It's an honor for us too to speak to you, Nas. Before we just talk about your career, I know you were at that MasterCard viewing event today and I heard you were not entirely impressed with the Springboks. But firstly, how do you think Rasia Rasmus would have taken that performance and that 49-3 win over uh, Italy? I think overall, uh, the 80 minutes, if you put that uh, and do a summary on that, I think they've done the job. They, they scored their, their drive. They made the bonus point. The only thing that, that sort of half surprised me a little bit is that I really thought at one stage uh, the game is in the back and uh, we could actually excel on the attacking side of our play. And... Uh, and meaning by that is they kicked quite a number of up and unders on Vili. Mm. And we never, we hardly saw a, a counter-attack for argument's sake. And I thought that was the perfect game to do that, uh, to explore a little bit uh, with the outside backs and, uh, and get the midfield in the game. But, uh, you know, there's, you can't find any fault the way that we played. Uh, unfortunately, the uncontested scrums didn't really help the course the one the way we wanted to play because I thought we had a fantastic pack today to put a lot of pressure on Italy and uh, and dominate there and then take him out of the game quite early. But uh, unfortunately, because of two injuries to the front row, we couldn't really uh, you know um, do that and and it made. The game a little bit indifferent. That's why I thought at one stage, let's just throw the ball around. But mm. 
It's no criticism towards anybody. I just felt that uh, we maybe missed one or two opportunities to uh, to show the world that uh, you know we can score tries from anywhere in any game. Especially leading up to the knockout stages, because it will be a small margins that will decide some of those games. Absolutely, and that's why I say you know if you explore it in these games, then there might be one opportunity in the semi final or in the final. And then at least you have the confidence uh, that you know you can do it. But if we, I want to say, if you don't practice it, it's never going to happen. You know, it's like, uh, and the old saying, and you heard this before and a long time ago, is when Gary plays it. The more I practice, the luckier, luckier I get. The luckier I get. You know, now that's what, that's what I was looking at in today's game. But uh, 49-3... In a World Cup, it's a fantastic score. You can't find any fault the way we played. Uh, but I just feel that maybe, maybe we missed that one or two opportunities to to explore a little bit, as you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that never materialized. But, you know, there's still Canada on Tuesday. So uh, maybe that's the next step. Let's see. And looking at that personnel in that backline, Nas, do they have the players to play an expansive game? I, I I believe all the players are capable of. Uh, I think maybe uh, the game plan sometimes limited, uh, you know, that attitude, put it that way. Uh, I I still think uh, we, because I listen to every interview, see what we can pick up and how mm. the guys feel. And I know there's, there's quite a self-belief. Uh, I believe there was quite a self-belief before we played New Zealand because we had a fantastic build-up towards the World Cup. But that New Zealand game took us and put us a little bit on the back foot. Uh, You know, we're more than capable of that. But uh, maybe that game made us a little bit more conservative in our approach uh, going through all the games. Maybe we're expecting the quarterfinal, semifinal, final to be in a way, play that we actually want to explore now how to play those games. But um, I think I think we're more than capable of uh, of really playing attractive rugby. But maybe, as I just mentioned, maybe the attitude's a little bit more conservative than we anticipate. How big a loss is Swasty Brain to this team? Because some have suggested that his influence is missing because we know how attacking the Lions have been under him. Yeah, I see... Uh, you know, firstly, I think it's a great loss, put it that way. Secondly, uh, I still feel that when we listen to all the conversations coming out of the camp, we, we're a little bit more defensive orientated, if I can put it that way. So I don't think attack is really uh, the number one priority. I think we, we maybe first look at the fence and then from there we would like to create opportunities where I think you know, I've always just believed rugby is a 50-50 game, you know, 50% uh, defence, 50% attack. I think sometimes you see in some games, yeah, New Zealand, they, the exponents of that, they take attack 70% and then 30% defence, but they also make sure that you don't really score against them. I think sometimes we tend to go a little bit the other way. I think sometimes we might go a little bit like 60-70% more defence orientated and maybe 40-30% on the attack. And uh, and maybe that's where we just need to show the world 
but we can because we've showed it in the last two years uh, since Rossi taken over that we can score tries. We scored 33 points against New Zealand, mm. you know, easily, easily, not not difficult, easily. What if you look at today's uh, tries? I think it was two or three chip kicks, mm. uh, one intercept. Now there's nothing wrong with it, so at least that part of the game worked quite uh, quite nicely. But I think what I would have liked to see is. They were kicking uh, on Valim uh, Leroux, and then from there we create this fantastic counter attack. That's one. Secondly, um, we got some good ball because there was no contested scrums. Good ball going forward, not really forward, but I mean we're on the front foot. Uh, do a little bit in the midfield. It was like sometimes we decided against a, a team like Italy after, let's say, being 33-3 up, we're still doing the up and unders. And it was like, really? But that's why I say we're not criticizing. We're just saying, you know what? That was fantastic today, but I think it can even be more fantastic if I can put it that way. And a lot has been said, Nas, about a possible quarterfinal with Ireland. Uh, should the box fear the Irish? I know there's also Japan, by the way, but they have to get past Scotland and Samoa. Yeah, see, the thing is that that group, after Ireland lost to Japan, that group is so open. Uh, yeah. And there's a couple of vital games coming up, Japan, Samoa, uh, and, you know, they, they, we can play anybody. But, hey, you know, uh, like I said earlier, you know, let's just recall what a number of great sportsmen said over many years. You know, yeah. Mike Dyson said, if you want to be a champion, you go and beat anybody everywhere. And I think that's that's the way we need to look at it. Doesn't matter who we play in the quarterfinal, semi-final, final. If we want to win this, we need to win the next four games. That's Canada quarterfinal, semi-final, final. That's the end of it, you know. And uh, doesn't matter whoever, Japan, Ireland, Scotland, just give us anybody. I think quarterfinals not really going to be a major problem for us. I think semi-final uh, might be slightly different. And then let's be honest, you know, we let's also give compliments to um, to New Zealand. Mm. Uh, what I like about their attitude is when they play a team that they should put 60 points uh, past them, they do that. And that's, I still feel we sometimes, we can destroy the best team in the world and then we struggle against a, a winner. You know? And I think... Mm. That's where I would like our, even when I play, we always struggled against the, the easier teams. You know, I don't know why. <laughs> our mentality, I don't know. We always all uh, had a battle to beat uh, an easy team, but you give us the most difficult game, and that's 99% when South Africa actually play extremely well. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's maybe a mentality thing. <laughs> maybe it's put us under pressure and we'll show you we can. When it's an easy game, well, you know, it's just an easy game. Let's get through it. Okay. For those who have just joined us, we, we are in conversation with Nas Bota on Flashback Fridays here on SAFM. And uh, Mills has called us from Deben. If you want to chat to Nas, please feel free to call us on 0891-104-207. We take voice notes on WhatsApp on 061-4104-107. Mills from Deben, good evening. Yes, good evening, sir. L- listen, I-, I just want to say um, I- I'm a South African of Indian origin. And I was about 11 years old, around about 1979. And the one person that inspired me to watch rugby and then teach my Indian mother how to watch rugby and, and, and love the Springboks is Nasportha. And um, you use two words quite often this evening, 
mental and attitude. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's, it's my opinion that the Springboks, they can beat the All Blacks if they were playing for 60 minutes most games. They always lose it in the last 10, 15, 20 odd minutes. And when, even though I was much young and I used to watch you guys play them, you used to get a photograph in the morning to watch you guys play in New Zealand. And uh, what I, I, I found from that early age of mine is that you guys had the attitude. You guys had the big match temperament, most of you guys, and especially you last quarter. And that's what inspired me. We've had prolific rugby players since you've been playing, but there's nobody that's ever been number one on my list. You. Great call there, Mills from Deb and Nas. How do you respond to that? I was telling the producers also before our show that even us uh, back home, you were the one player that we always knew about that we wanted to watch. No, thank you for that compliment. And uh, thanks for the coolest compliment. Uh, the, the thing is, uh, you know, we're talking new eras. Okay. Uh, I do have a slight problem because you start with your best 15. Then with about 20 minutes to go, and it's absolutely correct by the caller by saying, you know, that's when BMT is coming through. That's mm. when you there's heroes born. It's in the last 20 minutes. Because why? That's when you win or lose a game. That's when the pressure is really on. And But that's sometimes, and that's I still don't really go, grasp that totally 100%. That's when we replace seven of the better players with seven... Um, players off the bench. Mm. Now, I know they're talking about, yeah, but, you know, sometimes GPS shows that you had, uh, you run too much and it's time for a break. But, but I still I still believe that coaches should really look at it. And when you're playing well, and doesn't matter whatever promises was made to players on the bench or whatever, when you play well, they should just keep you on the field. I still strongly believe every player that's been selected in the starting 15 should be able able to play 80 minutes first and then the rest is a bonus. What we see is we see really players playing for 60 minutes and you know after 60 minutes doesn't matter he's going off. But sometimes those players are playing a brilliant game and that's why I sometimes think that you know we just replace players to replace players and, and he's, by, he's right by saying you know, we need to beat New Zealand. You need to play for 90 minutes, not 80 minutes, 90 minutes. Okay? Yeah. Uh, and it's now I'm taking you back to the sport I've mentioned earlier. I've listened to how many interviews where a boxer says, if I have a 12 round fight, I'd prepare for 20. Mm. Nas, just great. hold that thought. We're just going to take a quick break. There's so many people that want to speak to you. Zanzi's Sporting Milestones, Moments and Stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia. Still in conversation with the Nas Porter. We just had to take a quick break there, but I have to go to the lines. Uh, people are holding. Scully from Deben, good evening. Thanks for joining us. Hey, good evening to you, sir. Uh, 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 man, I, I just want to get, thank you for bringing uh, Nas Porter uh, to your show. Um uh, I used to, Nas used to be our favorite uh, in those times. And uh, uh, man, he, he was one of our favorites, you know. Um, it, it, he, 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 you are, I'm sure, in the legendary books. You you got to be in our legendary books. And uh, just keep up. I just want to know, curious to know, man, what you're doing now. I know you were last with uh, 
uh, uh, spot TV or something. Uh, what you doing now? And 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 don't leave the rugby fraternity. You know, spotting. We we need legends like you, sir. All the luck for okay. whatever future you're doing. Bye. Okay. Okay. Just quickly. Uh, Th- thanks for that, uh, Scully. Um, Nas, um, he obviously says that you are also his favorite player and um, he wants to know what you are up to. I actually remember that you were in India a couple of months ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still a super sport. You know what's quite nice? Mm. Uh, is we're actually doing uh, Afrikaans, Afrikaans build up now mm-hmm. for every South African game. That's quite nice. Oh. Um, yeah, so I'm I enjoying that. And then, yes, I'm quite busy in India. Uh, with their rugby, um, coach the national women's team, coach the men's national team, and uh, we had some games in July where the girls actually won their first ever game uh, in 15 aside. So wow. that was quite a fairy tale, and um, I saw some articles last week. I think they're still on the front pages in India. <laughs> so uh, uh, something something worked out there nicely, and then. Um, we had games with the guys in Jakarta. Uh, we lost. We lost badly to to China, but um, you know we thought we were, you know, as any other coach think. You know, we thought we did the right things, but um, you know, uh, China really took us apart. Uh, but in a in a nice way, you know, in mm. a good rugby sense, you know, and and that's what you need to appreciate because sometimes you just play against a better team. That's the end of it. And in the next game, we beat Indonesia. So that was, I think, the first game in about four years. The national men's team won again. So it was quite quite good experience, put it this way. Uh, I've seen some, you know, kids really growing, uh, growing into good rugby players, and that was quite nice. Um, and um, I'm still quite active in India. And um, I've done a couple of proposals for them that... Uh, they working through now, and I gather next week we'll start moving a little bit more forward because at the end, um, you know, if you get the game, it's it's been there for years, mm. many, many years. So don't oh. think it's, you know, it's a new thing in India. It's been there for a long time. The expats actually gather started the game there, and uh, they've got, they had national championships last week, uh, and Delhi won that against um, Bombay Jim Connor Club. So, you know, but I think there's, there's, there is a next level, and I would like to assist uh, India to just take it maybe to the next level. And, and, you know, they're never going to be a powerhouse in world rugby because traditionally that's uh, cricket and, you know, everybody would like to be a Tenduka mm. and a Kohli. But um, there's a good interest in rugby, and maybe if we win a little bit more on a regular basis, uh, we'll get more people interested at the the women's game is growing extremely fast in India. And um, I'm just assisting there, put it that way, uh, doing a little bit of coaching. And we'll start now with proper coaching clinics. Not that they don't have it, but I think they are very knowledgeable people around the world that can really assist. And let's see, maybe we can you know, take the fairy tale a little bit further. <laughs> and is coaching something that NAS is passionate about, or is it more of growing the game? Now, I like it, to be honest, because I always talk about it. And I always thought that, you know, if I see this, because I'm I'm quite into detail in in rugby. I like detail. And I think sometimes we're missing that in the new era. You know, it's more the game plan. It's more you fit into a plan instead of 
making sure that the player is equipped with the best skill, uh, and then he can fit into any game plan. That's the way I look at it, where sometimes I get a, uh, an idea that coaches would find the game plan, and then they go and try and find players to, to match the game plan, where I feel equip the player, and then you can play any game plan. And I think that's quite exciting, put it that way. And then, yes, uh, it's also growing the game. You know, if you're talking about um, the game. In sevens is now under the Olympic banner, as we all know. Yes. So that is growing at a rapid pace. But I think there's over a, a thousand schools in India playing seven aside. Now, oh. now that's, that's a huge number. But somewhere along the line, I would like to convert some of those players as a Colby, and we've seen that now in South Africa, how you can convert a fantastic seven-a-side player into a 15-a-side player. And Cheslin Colby is the best example of anybody, because let's be honest, so not like there, there's a number of players that played sevens in the old days. U.S. Van der Westen played sevens. Uh, Bob Skinstad played sevens. Mm. Andre Fenter played sevens. They all played sevens. And uh, and now I know it's two. I want to say a little bit of two different entities, but um, you know if you have the skill and you have the desire to excel in the 15-man side, I think you can. And you've been a TV analyst for years now, Nas. Was this something that you wanted to do after your playing days, or did they approach you and rope you in? And and how has that experience been for you? I love that. I love that. But it was never, uh, to be honest, it was never planned. It was a thing that. Russell McMillan gave me a great opportunity at Supersport in the old days. And, uh, you know, after, I think after about two years, um, we had a discussion and he said, but, you know, uh, why don't you just join us on a regular basis? And at one stage, as you know, I was about, I was the only analyst. Stage. Sometimes I started at three o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and finished at about nine o'clock on the Saturday night. But now they are fantastic guys with us. You know, they took, good group of, of uh, ex-players that's analyzing the games and, uh, you know, and, and really bring knowledge to the game. And I think that's what we, what we would like to do is to make sure people see rugby in a different light. And you're not really just only a spectator and, you know, over a beer and a braai, you look at the game in a broad spectrum. You actually listen and then you find out, oh, that's quite nice. Oh, okay, now I understand. It's like today, that red card. If you mm. take that red card, not to make something special out of it, but I think both players should have been red carded. Mm. Because, you know, it was like, how do you, how do you, you know, get one player getting a red card and the other one not? For the same both thing. Both really played a major part in, in, in dumping Dwayne Vermeulen on the ground. So, you know, those things, you know, if you start mentioning it, then people think, oh, okay, yeah, okay, no, it should be actually two, not one. But, do the ref actually have the guts to call two red cards on one play? No, I don't think they have. Mm. You know? And things like that. So it's always just nice to say to the public out there, hey, there's something different. That's why they scored a try, because look at how they created something. Or, you know, just with the friends and you show that. It's quite nice, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Nas now as a rugby player. Some people never got to see you play, and that's why we use this slot to educate. But I believe that you're a multi-talented Nas, played baseball, SA under-16, ran hurdles, or played tennis and cricket. Was rugby the first love, though? Okay, now let's go back to primary school. There mm. I was absolutely too useless to make the athletic <laughs> side, and I thought that was quite a 
little bit of a come down, but um, I played Northern Transvaal, let's say, under 13 or under 12 then, under 13. Uh, baseball was always my first love. I loved baseball. Um, I actually wanted to to play baseball as a professional player, and the only reason why I always was interested in in baseball as a sport is, you know, and you can look at it now in the major league in America, whatever, mm-hmm. the guys play 160 games a season. Mm. Now, that, in my mind, that's what professional sports all about. It's like you play every day. You know, it's not really like that. But I mean, that's what you do every day. It's like golf, you know, they play four days a week. Like now, I think there's about 50 tournaments per, per annum, mm. you know. So I loved baseball always. I played softball, uh, played cricket. Um, I wasn't really a great swimmer. Uh, played volleyball, played tennis. Um, you know, did about everything that, uh, but in those days, <laughs> we had nothing else to do as to play sport, let's be honest, you know. Now I think the, the youth has got a lot more and so many different sporting coach that they can explore into. You know, it's some guys I believe could be like A.B. De Villiers. Mm. I believe he was absolutely fantastic in rectals. And, uh, and look out, look out uh, how, what a great cricketer he turned into. Uh, and I think there are so many. Uh, Peter Kirsten in the old days. Uh, Gibbs. Life and a fantastic cricketer, you know. So, but I, I just did like everything. But after school, I actually wanted to go and play baseball. But those days, you know, South Africa was like another part of the world, to be honest. And uh, and it was quite difficult to, you know, to get into systems outside South Africa, put it that way. And then I played Northern Transvaal High School, played Northern Transvaal in the 20, and then I got selected to play for the Bulls and uh, or Northern Transvaal then. And I thought, oh, yeah, let's just stick around and play rugby, you know, and then suddenly that's what I did, and you know, I did explore America a little bit in yes. football, so that was a very, very nice experience to be honest, that really showed me what a professional sportsman should be and then I came back and got reinstated after being expelled out of rugby and you know, at the end you know, I think looking back at it, quite a nice career, nothing to complain about to be honest, uh, one or two games we've lost Carry Cup finals that I thought, ah, that's still a nightmare today. <laughs> uh, Even though you, you won know, it think, nine times. Yeah, but the, the two that I've lost, you know, the, nine, the one in 95, I don't really mind uh, because uh, on that day, Western Province just outplayed us. But mm. uh, in 90, we were such favorites going into the final against Natal. And, um, and we just blew it. Natal played well, but uh, I also feel that we blew it, you know, and, uh, and that's still a nightmare, you know. And uh, and then I was fortunate. Oh, rugby really was very kind to me. I played in America rugby, won a club championship there. Yeah. I played in Italy for six years, won two club championships there. It was just fun, you know, and uh, and I think that's that's what players still need to understand today. You know, it's it's really, it's fun to be out and about on a rugby field. I think that's great. You know, look at the World Cup now. How nice is it? Yeah. We look at the different venues. We see a different culture. Look at how the people from Japan bought into the World Cup. You hardly see an empty stadium. Hardly. Mm. Now, it's absolutely fascinating. And let's be honest, rugby players do like do look like professional sportsmen today. And that's what's nice about it. I believe we all just contributed 
for to rugby to be a better game today, and I think it is a better game today. Sometimes not maybe playing wise, but I think everything else they they you know rugby grew into something very special. Yeah, we've got people that want to speak to you, Nas. Let's go to Archie and Valcom. Good evening, Archie. Member, how are you? Fine, thanks, and you, member. You know, I've known Nas Bota for decades. Mm. To an extent that uh, in '95, after we had decided as National Sports Congress to boycott or not to stage that World Cup in South Africa, who some of us ended in administration during World '95 World Cup. That's two questions. Is that now number one? Nas would you agree with me that uh, the best? Uh, coach this country has ever, ever had was Brigadier Van Fale, who used to coach Northern Transvaal. And secondly, do you remember the, convi- the confusion which nearly happened, or in fact which happened just before the 95 World Cup when some of the officials wanted to see you in the field? Thank you, member. Thanks, thanks for that. Let's also take Tamsanga, and then we'll get Nas to answer. Tamsanga, uh, good evening. Thanks for calling us back. We had lost you there. Thank you, man. Uh, I I just want to bring in a slightly different tinge to the whole thing. One is that Nas, I think that uh, Tapiso should also, in getting educated, become aware that there were other players that were playing with. I remember that there was Selfontaine, who was your scrum half. There was a Moolman, who was the lock from Northern Transvaal, the guy who used to jump and catch all the balls for you to drop. Um, I just want us to ensure that we make mention of that. Secondly, I also want you now to reflect on whether you are aware that there were other people in specifically the non-racial sports that excelled in the position in which we were playing. I have in mind people like Peter Carter. He might have been slightly older than you, but he was an excellent play, rugby player, a playmaker who used to ensure that uh, in those non-racial days, we have what we refer to as 50-man rugby, as, as opposed to the largely 10 And Kaya Majola. No, no, Kaya Machola was not a, was not a, was not a, a fly half. His brother Monges Machola was a fly half. Mm. Um, not uh, not Kaya Machola. Kaya Machola used space come up. But we also had people like Arendse, who was playing at the time for was playing in uh, in Eastern Province. Uh, there's a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of uh, of other. What to go and just to contradict the previous player who was talking about the brigadier who was the best um, coach. Okay, thanks for that, uh, Tamsanga. Oh, Nas, let's start with Brigadier Fansale. Uh, it's the first time I hear that name. What can you tell us about Brigadier Fansale? Yeah, he was an absolute fantastic uh, coach. He's, he's actually the one that gave me the opportunity to start playing senior rugby. But I think where people need to also understand, uh, apart from being a good coach, mm. uh, he was an absolutely fantastic human being. I think, you know, that's that's what I look for, you know, in coaches. It's not like just rugby knowledge, you know. It's, mm. 
It's a guy I, I can recall one day sitting in the change room and he walked up to one of the players and he said, listen, I know you're going through a difficult time at the moment. I, believe, I promise you he gave him a check that in those days you just don't see every day, okay? Huh. And he said, you know what? Whenever you're ready or you're capable, you can pay me back. <laughs> you know, the most important thing what he did is he, 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 he looked after every player off the field. He always had an attitude. If you're happy off the field, you're going to excel on the field. Now, that is what I think life's all about. Okay, that's one. So that's why I totally agree. A lot of people would say, yeah, but he wasn't the greatest coach. Mm. And I think, you know, it might be true, rugby-wise, but, you know, I never had a problem with that side of him. And the other thing that really impressed me about him is, when, you know, even myself, when you're going to a little bit of a dip, you would always call on a guy like Hansi Priebus or, you know, uh, people that excelled in in rugby over years and, and being regarded as legends. And he'll, and then he'll just come for an evening and talk to me and say, you know, try this, do that. I've watched, I can see, you know, maybe mm. there's another option to what you're doing, whatever, whatever. And he was never afraid. That's the biggest thing. He was never afraid that somebody else might know something more than he does. Is it true that there were, there were talks to include in that 95 squad? No, uh, Kitsch Christie actually told me before oh. the, uh, quite a while before the uh, World Cup. And he said, listen, I would like to see you play a couple of games, uh, you know, and um, get you involved get you involved in uh, in maybe the team going forward to the 95 World Cup. So I played a couple of club games and I played in the invitation site uh, at Ellis Park and then um, we had a little bit of a chat and, you know, and, uh, and I felt, okay, you know, maybe it's time to move on. <laughs> and then the other question was, were you aware of the other fly halves in, 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 uh, that were playing, uh, the likes of Peter Mkata, that obviously couldn't play at the time because of the system? Absolutely. Um, you know, I played in some invitation teams uh, where we were like five guys, white guys that played with the other guys, mm. the Leopards and the Proteas, of course. Uh, you know, the thing is, apart from just that nobody... You know, any favors, you know, let's be honest. Not them, not us. People think we always got an advantage. You think about my career. Mm. Now, I was over 12 years um, associated with the national squad. I only played 28 internationals. Now, in normal terms, if you associated with the national side for 12 years, you play like over 100 internationals. Um, I was a guy that I you know about this. Uh, maybe there are people out there that know. But now about this, I wanted to actually go and stay to game in Soweto in the 90s, I think, early 90s. Mm. And um, I went with uh, the police escort to go meet the mayor of Soweto. And, uh, you know, I always thought, you know, there's more to rugby than just the game, you follow. And now I went and I met the mayor of Soweto a couple of times. And uh, at the end, uh, somebody just pulled a plug on it, you, you follow. So, uh, you know... I think we all try to contribute to make rugby just a better game, you know, and uh, sometimes we we succeeded and sometimes we failed, you know, and, and I think that's for everybody the same. And uh, luckily, we're beyond that now. We can yeah. move on. But um, let's be honest, there are a number of players, a number of players in those days 
that should have played in the green and gold, let's be honest, and being called real Springboks, you know, yeah. and uh, I feel for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I really, really feel for them, and I think, you know, it just wasn't fair to put it, put it straight, you know, it wasn't fair. And uh, a lot of guys in those eras have been absolutely legends of the game. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and unfortunately, you know, they never had the opportunity. But, but in all essence, uh, looking back at it, uh, as I said, I just think it was just absolutely unfair. And then yeah. there's nothing else to it. There's nothing that was really good about it. Uh, but in all essence, you know, I'm just a sportsman. You know, uh, if I was a politician, uh, we might have had a different view towards that. You, you follow. But, yeah. We, we're going to have to leave it there, Nas, because of time. But I want to end with this voice note here. Mr. Nasbota, Mr. Nasbota, you were the greatest kick off the ball. Tell me, what was it your experience going abroad, changing games? Did you adapt easily? Did you also come out there on tops? You were the greatest Blue Bulls kicker of all time. Thank you, Bart. Okay, thanks for that. We've Mr. Already... Berger, do you remember the gentleman, gentleman by the name of Berger? I think it was Chris Berger. Okay, sorry about that. We're going to have to leave it there, but I think it's just more compliments and uh, we've touched on your kicking, Nas. But Nas, because of time, we have to end it there. We really appreciate the time you've given us. It's been wonderful chatting to you. We've learned so much just for this, uh, in, in, in this 35 minutes that we've spoken to you and hopefully we'll have another conversation with you in the future. No, thank you. Absolutely, thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. Thank you, Nas Porter there, uh, talking to us about his career. And uh, if you've always had the name of, of Nas Porter, and then I'm sure today then you've picked up one or two things about the rugby player that was Nas Porter.